Forest City Church. Anyone and everyone. So today I get to read from Luke chapter 12, and I'm going to read several verses. So I'm going to ask you to buckle up, and I'm going to ask you to kind of wake yourself up or wake your neighbor up. We're going to go Luke chapter 12, 13 through 34, several different verses. And I want us to begin to see what Jesus is teaching and what it is that he can teach even us today as Jesus followers. Amen. So if you have your Bible, you can pull that out. If you have a iPad Bible or iPhone or Android Bible, that'll work. Uh, Just as long as you turn your notifications off, because then you might swipe over and check out your Instagram or something like that. No need. Do not disturb. We're in church. Okay. If you don't have any of those things, I want to put these uh, verses on these two screens on on the stage, okay? You guys ready? You buckled up? We're going to cruise through this so we can get to the end and we can uh, enjoy the rest of our Sunday. Luke 12, 13 through 34. Deep breath, because I'm the one reading it. Someone in the crowd said to him, Jesus, teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. But he said to him, man, who made me a judge or arbiter over you? And he said to them, take care, be on guard against all covetousness, for one's life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions. He told them a parable saying, the land of a rich man produced plentifully, plentifully. And he thought to himself, what shall I do? I have nowhere to store my crops. And he said, I will do this. I will tear down my barns and I will build larger ones. And there I will store all my grain and all my goods. And I'll say to my soul, soul, you have ample goods laid up for many years. Relax, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, fool, this night your soul is required of you and the things you have prepared, whose will they be? So is the one who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. Verse 22, and he said to his disciples, therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat, nor about your body or what you will put on. For life is more than food and the body more than clothing. Consider the ravens, they neither sow nor reap. They have neither storehouses or barns, and yet God feeds them. Of how much more value are you than the birds? And which of you bring Uh, Which of you, by, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his life? If then you are not able to do a small thing as that, why are you anxious about the rest? Consider the lilies of of the field and how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass, which is alive in the field today and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, how much more will he clothe you, O you of little faith? Do not seek what you are to eat and what you are to drink, nor be worried. For all the nations of the world seek after these things, and your Father knows that you need them. Verse 31, instead, seek his kingdom, and these things will be added to you. Fear not, little flock, for it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Sell your possessions and give to the needy. Provide yourselves with money bags that do not grow old, with a treasure in the heavens that does not fail, where no thief approaches and no moth destroys. Verse 34, for where your treasure is, there your heart be also. Amen. So that was a lot. And truthfully, we get in church right now and you could go home and think about and talk about with someone and what Jesus is trying to say, right? This is Jesus preaching sermons and it's being recorded here in Luke. And 
This is why it's so important that we begin to read what it is that Jesus had to say. And, but for a minute, if you allow me, I want to kind of give some observations, some thoughts towards what Jesus is saying here and what it, it can mean to you and I in our life today. Let me pray. God, thanks for your word. Thank you for these moments that we can look in your word and see what it is that Jesus you're trying to communicate in our lives as we go backwards into the ancient text to see what it is that you were saying then. God, we can be encouraged to know what it is that you're saying now. So Father, I pray that God, you begin to open ears and hearts and minds and souls that God, we begin to see what it is that God, you're wanting us to do. So God, we walk out of this space looking just a little bit more like your son, Jesus. We love you. It's in Jesus' name. Amen. So let me ask you a question. Has anyone in your life ever um, ruined the ending of a movie for you? Hands up, some participation here. Ruined the end of the movie. And how to make you feel? Pretty good? Or were you, I hear, upset? Maybe it was something like you were really looking forward to seeing, and then they just kind of like ruined the whole moment. So it's like if, you, if you've seen... Um, this Marvel phenomenon took place and is still, I guess, sort of still taking place. So if you haven't seen Avengers Endgame, don't know how you haven't seen it, but it's like telling someone that Iron Man dies. And if I have ruined it for you, you're welcome. It's been out for a while. Oh, man, I was going to see it tomorrow. Um, no. That's, that's kind of what, if, imagine if you're going to the movie theater and a buddy of yours like wants to see it again, they're like, listen, man, Iron Man dies at the end and it's terrible. You'd be like, why am I here? You're buying the popcorn. Why'd you ruin this whole thing for me? Right? It's the worst when the end is, is ruined. Or if, if you're like me, I, I at one time was recording, uh, on my DVR, um, Chicago bears games. I no longer do this because we all know why they're no good, but and there was a time, a small little glimmer of hope where I'd record these games. And on Sunday I'd be able to watch them when I got home. And on this particular Sunday, this is several years ago when they're kind of good ish, I was watching the game and I had some friends over and, and I'm just like focused and about like third quarter coming in the fourth is actually a really good game. I'm like, this actually matters. If we win this, it's a big deal. Maybe we have some better playoff implications, whatever it may be. And a friend of ours comes down to the basement and she's like, man, I can't believe they lost. You're, why are you here? <laughs> Who invited you? All right, like, what do you think I'm doing? Rewatching the game for like notes I can send to the coach? Like, I'm watching this for the first time. You ruined it. And now it's like, why do I even have to watch the whole game? I already know the ending. And, you know, when she said, the line that she dropped, I may or may not have chucked my remote across the room. I had a lot of anger issues then. Maybe still do now. Don't cut me off in traffic. It might not go well. And then you're going to like look at me and be like, isn't that Trev? I'm like, no. No. Wrong guy. It's another guy. But the ending, it's like when it's ruined, it's kind of like the worst, right? But today I want to take some liberties and look at this passage of scripture that we just read. I want to start from the end. And then I want to work our way back up to the top of it. So we see in, very, in the very last verse of this scripture that we read today, verse 34, Luke 12, 34, Jesus says this to his disciples. He says, for where your treasure is, there will your heart be 
also. So this is the end of the movie. This is me ruining it all for you. This is the end of Jesus' sermon. Where your treasure is, that's where your heart will be. So, so what is Jesus trying to communicate? What does it mean, this idea of my treasure and then my, my heart? The, these ancient uh, writers, these Jewish writers would be writing, knowing that the audience at the time, even when Jesus is teaching, would have understood that those that are listening in the crowd that day would understand that the heart, this word lev in, in Hebrew, this word heart actually is the very essence of where intellect and intelligence and behavior and choices, that's where everything laid. The heart is what actually held the intellect. It, it held, it housed the will of a person. Now they believed there was an organ in the human body, but they believed it had all intellect being housed within it. And today we could say like, well, the brain kind of does that. And the heart is what kind of pumps blood to our, our, through our system so we can live, and, which is very true. And then these writers would actually begin to say, no, where the heart is, where all emotion is, where all thought is, it lies in this thing that's in your chest cavity. So when Jesus says, where your treasure is, there your heart will be, Jesus is saying, where your treasure is, there will lie all your behaviors and choices and intellect. That's where it actually sits. And this is how Jesus ends this. So this heart, it's actually people's choices and actions They're shaped by the things they cherish the most. And the writers would understand this. And the audience would understand this. That people's choices and their actions is proof of what matters the most to the person. And this is what Jesus is saying. Where your treasure is, that's where your heart will be. So let's let's journey back up, okay? You guys are going to be on a little bit of a guided tour with me. So bear with me if you're... You're thinking we're going to go from start to finish. We're going to go to finish to start. So if this gets confusing, just nod your head at me. And just be like, "Uh uh-huh. Yep. So you got to hang with me. Okay, we're journeying on. We're going backwards, right? We see right before Jesus says, for where your treasure is there, your heart will be. He begins to talk about some other things. Essentially, the main theme is that we would seek his kingdom first. He says, instead... Seek his kingdom, and these things will be added to you. Remember, we're working backwards. So what are the things that will be added? These different things that are begin to be added to your life. Well, we begin to see things like in verse 24 and 27, Jesus says, consider the ravens. And then he says, consider the lilies. The ravens, they neither sow nor reap. They have neither storehouse nor barn, and yet God feeds them. Consider the lilies, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon, King Solomon, all his glory was not arrayed by, like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass, grass, which is alive in the field today and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, how much more will he clothe you? The things that will be added to you as you seek the kingdom of God, seeking first him, the things that will be added will be the necessities of your life. So as we kind of worry, we think to ourselves, well, how am I going to eat and what am I going to wear and all these different things that can easily throw you off course mentally. Jesus is saying, hey, all those things, yeah, you need them all. He's got you. Seek the kingdom first. Amen? Amen. 
Seek the kingdom first. All the essentials and necessities of life, they will be added to you. Seek him first. And then Luke 12, 29 and 30, look what it says. Do not seek, do not seek what you are to eat and what you are to drink, nor be worried. For all the nations of the world seek after these things. And your father knows that you need them. He knows that you need them. <laughs> if you're like me, there's times where you're like, yeah, but does he? Because it seems like we're a little uh, we're lacking here. Seek the kingdom first. Seek him first. Amen? All these things will be added unto you, for your father knows that you need them. Now remember, I've already ruined the end of the story. I've already ruined the end of the movie for you. For where your treasure is, that's where your heart will be. That's where all your will will be. That's where your intellect and your intelligence, your choices, your behavior, for where your treasure is, that's where your heart, the inner part of who you are, will live in that space. Now, why is Jesus talking about ravens and clothes and lilies? He's talking about all these different things. He's bringing these things up for the listener to be to go on a little bit of a journey with him and say, hey, I know that you need all of these things. But if you make those things the very most important thing in your life, then that's where your heart and your intentions will be. You're going to miss out on what the kingdom of God is actually calling us into. Amen? So he's bringing all these different things up. And then verse 22, if we work ourselves backwards, he looks at his disciples. After talking to a crowd, he turns to his disciples. Again, why this is so significant to me when I read this story is that he essentially pulls aside his most important students. And he says, hey, hey, come here. Therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat, nor about your body, what you will put on. Your life is more than food in the body, more than clothing. Jesus uses this word anxious. Now, this, isn't, this is an English word, so he's not speaking English. But this word anxiety in this type of language would essentially have just meant distrust. That you could not trust God, Yahweh. That you're struggling with uncertainty with God. This is what Jesus is trying to teach his disciples. He's saying, hey, do not be anxious. Watch where you put your trust. You can trust God, Yahweh. He's going to deliver. Do not allow that thing to overcome your life. Do not allow that thing to overcome your entire being and who you are. Again, we've already ruined the end of the story. Where your treasure is, that's where your heart's going to be. You're the centerpiece of the human existence will be ridden with anxiety if you allow it to. Right? And maybe you're like me, is that there are times where anxiety takes over my body, my emotions, my feelings, my relationships. And Jesus, in this ancient text, is like, yeah, I know something you don't. Now, there's all these amazing studies on anxiety and how it affects our body and how it affects our health and all these different things are going on in our age today. We get it. But here, Jesus is speaking to his disciples, his closest students, and he's saying, hey, 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 come here. Don't be anxious about all these things that are going on. 
don't allow that to penetrate the deepest part of who you are. And then Jesus uses this word we just read. He said, therefore, do not be anxious. And whenever there's a therefore, you got to know why it's, what it's there for. Come on, that was good. You guys have heard that one before. Knock it off. So again, if we're working backwards, we're on this little journey. I'm your, I'm your guide. You got to kind of walk with me a little bit. We're going backwards. Jesus turns to his disciples and says, hey, therefore, don't be anxious. So why is that therefore, therefore? Because right before this, Jesus told a parable about a man whose field yielded so many crops to the point where the owner of this field sat back and says, what should I do with all these crops? I have so much. I tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to tear down my barns. I'm going to build much larger barns. And I'm going to fill every single one of these barns to the brim. And then I'm going to sit back and say, soul, you done it. Again, this is Jesus' parable. This is his teaching towards the people. I'm going to sit back and I'm going to eat, drink, and be merry. I'm going to celebrate all that I've done, all my accomplishments. I finally did it. And then we read this really interesting kind of scary verse in 22, or sorry, in 20 and 21. It says, but God said to him, again, this is the parable. He says, fool, this night your soul is required of you and the things you have prepared, whose will they be? So is the one who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich towards God. Soul is required of you today. What good was it that you built those bigger barns? What good was it, was it that you, you hoarded all your possessions and then you sat back and said, man, I've done good. What good has that done for you? That you built bigger barns and you filled bigger barns. What good is it that you did all that work and then in a moment you could lose it all? In one moment, gone. And Jesus is trying to teach his disciples, say, hey, this stuff, this type of life that goes and tries to build and build and build and build and grow and grow and continues to go after all these different things, if not careful, if not unchecked, You'll become so overcome with anxiety in all areas of your life that your, that your heart will become sick. So all the things that you're worried about, God's got it. Because the ravens of the air, they're fed. God's got it. The lilies of the valley, they're, they're clothed just fine. God's got it. And he's saying... All the stuff that can overcome your heart and make your heart completely sick to the point of even potential death. Don't allow that to take you out. Don't allow that to take you out. So, kind of have to pause this story because this is getting it's a little heavy, right? Jesus is telling a parable about a man who fills these barns and is all excited about himself and all the work that he's done. And then he's like, yeah, that, no, it's not, it's not what this is for. The field yielded this incredibly plentiful crop and harvest. 
and you're taking credit for it. Okay. What if it's gone tomorrow? What are you seeking? What's important to you? What's your treasure? How's your heart? Again, this is the moment we kind of pause and we maybe try to connect some of these dots if we can. We've talked about storing up. We've talked about anxiety. There's some relatability here. We've talked about the heart and where what it meant in these ancient texts that it was the it was the house of all intellect and will and choice and behavior. So Jesus is beginning to tie all these different things together that if we work our way to get more and grab more and be more, well, if you do all that and you're not rich towards God, all it's gonna do is create a ton of anxiety and your heart's gonna eventually fail. So hey, the treasure, the biggest things that you love in your life, wherever that is, that's where your heart's gonna end up. That's where all your choices and behavior is gonna be. And then we have to have these really honest moments where we begin to look in the mirror and be like, do I actually really like the person I've become? Do I really like the person I've become? Now, from the very beginning of this story, it starts with Jesus teaching a crowd and this man interrupts him. And he says, hey, my brother, I want my inheritance. Tell him now to give it to me. This is what happens. You can even go back. We start at verse 13. Go back a little bit. Jesus is having a nice little teaching talk. Just having a good time. And this guy comes through the crowd and says, hey, tell him, my brother, to give me what's mine. And what does Jesus say in response? He says, hey, who am I to be the arbiter over this? And even what's crazy is even in that time, there would have been a law and an understanding that if you're a rabbi, there's two things that you could have actually stepped into in your authority. One, as a rabbi, you teach wisdom. You have wisdom for the daily life of those who are following you. The other thing is that you actually could step into a position of being a lawyer, helping decisions be made. So we see this, this guy come forth and said, hey, you, rabbi, tell him to give me what's mine. And Jesus is like, oh, 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 oh. I, I see what's going on here. You could have sought me for wisdom on how to handle what's most important to you, which it seems like what's most important to you is your money. You could have just asked me as a rabbi and I could have told you and guided you. And then what does he say? He actually turns to them, the crowd, in verse 15, he says, be on guard against all covetousness greed for one's life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions. So after this brother comes and says, I want mine. He's like, hold on. Hey, you got to be on guard with greed because it'll take over your entire life. It'll take over everything. That's the beginning. How do we end? For where your treasure is, that's where your heart will be. You see it? So it starts with being on guard of all the greed that can take out your entire life. And then we go through this journey and we find out like, oh, you're worried. Oh, you're anxious. Oh, you think that you won't get the thing that you need. And God says, no, no, seek my kingdom first and all be taken care of. All the things that you need will be added unto you. Oh, by the way, your most important assets, the thing in your life, wherever you place that, that's where this thing, the heart, that's where it'll end up. 
So be on guard. Be on guard of that thing. And look, if we're not too careful, I think to my own self, when I look at this story, I could easily become the man of the parable. Right? This is an easy temptation. To gather, to hoard, to get mine, to do what I need. So then I can live well and sit back and say, you done good. That's the easy temptation to get all the things I need because I'm so worried and so concerned that God, Yahweh, won't actually take care of me or help me. So I'm going to just go ahead and do it myself. I'm going to fix this thing myself. And sure, the parable is really easy just to say it's all about money. It's all about the things that he had. But this parable is easily penetrating the deepest part of who you are as a human in this human experience that we are walking this earth doing, saying, oh yeah, I could easily find my most valuable possessions in so many other things. And if I take all my energy and time doing that, my heart will become sick and unwell because I've been ridden by so much anxiety, so much depression, and so much worry. So Jesus is saying, hey, don't be anxious. Get your priorities right. That thing, that heart, it shapes your life. The philosopher Seneca says it like this. He says, a life without design is erratic. Life without design, it's erratic. I don't know if you're like me, but if you don't know kind of where you're going, you get a little squirrely, not, not really sure what's next. You begin to worry, becoming, becoming anxious about certain things and saying, how do I design my life? Well, Jesus even answers. He says, wherever you put your treasure, most prized possessions, that's where your heart's gonna be. That's where it's gonna be aimed towards. So take account of where you're placing your treasure. Be rich towards God. Seek him first, amen? Now, if I were to take a moment and show you my calendar, if I were to show you my bank statements, if I were to show you where I spend the most time on my screen, on my phone, if I were to tell you who my closest friends are, if I were to put all that on the screen, we won't, because then you'll judge me. All right? But if I were to put all that up, bank statements, where I spend my money, where I spend my time, who I spend it with, who I follow on social media sites, what news channel I'm watching, way too many hours in the day. If I was, let's just say I put all that up there. You'd be able to look at me and say, I know what he values. I know, I know where his treasure is. And the same goes for you. As uncomfortable as that is, oh yeah. Oh man, I hope that doesn't happen. AI might make that happen. Just kidding. But if we were to look into where you spend your money, your time, what you're watching, the percentage of all those different things that begin to accumulate, it'd be real easy to say, that's where your treasure is. And you're asking yourself, why am I so anxious and worried? 
Because all you do is talk about not having enough. All you do is gossip about the people at work. And you wonder why you're so anxious. Wherever you put your treasure, that's where your heart's going to be. Just stand your feet. quote by an author, Ryan Holiday, about anxiety. He says it like this. He says, anxiety is a silent destroyer of lives, a demolishing internal wrecking ball that can leave even the best of us incapacitated. Jesus is talking about greed, shares this parable, talks about if If you store all that stuff up, but you lose your life the next day, what would it really matter if you just kind of store up all that stuff? Then he turns the corner and says, hey guys, don't be anxious about all this stuff. All the things will be added unto you if you continue to seek me first. And by the way, where your treasure is, that's where your heart will be. So I don't want to live an anxiety-ridden life where I'm filled with all this worry all the time. Well, then I have to have the uncomfortable conversation with myself and look a little internal and say, hey, what do you treasure? Where are you spending your time? Ask yourself even this week, where is my treasure? Is it giving me life or is it beginning to deplete my joy and my peace? Where do I spend my time? Where am I spending my money? Am I generous and rich towards God? Am I rich towards others? Am I healthy in my life? Am I making right decisions for myself so then I can live a longer, healthy life? Where am I putting my treasure? Because I want my heart to be good. I want my heart to be healthy. I want my heart to be pure towards God and others. Amen? So that's your homework. Have the uncomfortable conversation with yourself. And if you're brave enough, if you're brave enough, someone in your life, a loved one, a friend, if you're brave enough, if you can withstand the response, ask them, where do you think my treasure is? In view of my life, what you watch, what you see, me doing and who I am. Where do you think my treasure is? and be okay with the response, right? That's for the courageous and brave ones. You wanna have a tough conversation on the way home and maybe sit down for coffee in the morning with someone that you love, or maybe it's a good friend, you call them up, say, hey, if you observe my life, where do you think my treasure is? Be okay with the response and the course correct and to being a person who's rich towards God, amen? Amen. Let's pray. God, thanks for this word. Thank you, Jesus, that you teach us in so many amazing ways through this parable and through time with your disciples that, Jesus, we would begin to heed your wisdom and your advice and heed the direction that, God, you are leading us into. Jesus, I pray that we would be people that are rich towards the kingdom of heaven, rich towards those who are in our life, rich in our, in our hearts and who we are. And I pray, God, that we would have the courage and the bravery to have these conversations, one with ourselves and God with others. 
Thank you, Jesus. I pray that, God, you would begin to remove all the anxiety of those in this room. God, may they begin to look upward and seek after you first. We love you. It's in Jesus' name. And every single person said, amen, amen.